My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. So, 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 15. A very unique story about Jehu, who was a captain of Israel's guard, and he was chosen by the prophet to be anointed king. And God sent him on a mission to bump off Jezebel. Elijah was not Jezebel's favorite preacher. <laughs> and, and as a result, she sent him a message that if, if I, I'll die and you can kill me, if by tomorrow you're not like all them prophets you just bumped off and killed. And I don't know if it scared Elijah or if it just frustrated him because his miraculous ministry had no effect on her heart. And I don't know what is worse. And I, really being threatened just seems to be low on the list as far as uh, fear factor. The fear factor just wasn't there because she threatened him. But the fact that Everything he had done had absolutely no effect on her heart. And it was that spirit that brought him out into the wilderness. And of course, God said, I want you to anoint Elisha. It was Elisha who anointed through a servant, Jehu. Jehu was sent on a mission to take out Jezebel. And now he's on his way to take out the prophets of Baal. And, and the Bible uses a unique word. It's only used twice in the Bible. We're going to talk about this word. And when he was departed thence, he lighted on Jonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him, and he saluted him, said to him, Is thine heart right as my heart is with thy heart? And Jonadab answered, It is, if it be, give me thine hand. And he gave him his hand, took him up into the chariot, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. So Jehu, and the word lighted in this particular text means that it was not a part of Jehu's strategy, nor was it his plan to meet Jonadab on the way to take out these prophets of Baal. It was not his intention for this meeting to take place. Didn't have it set up previously and you know they didn't have cell phones and text and GPS I mean you couldn't locate somebody uh, so it had to have been that God arranged this unknown to Jehu God wanted Jehu and Jonadab to meet up to fulfill his purpose and sometimes this needs to be orchestrated by a supernatural hand of God and then there's one other place in Scripture. It's in Isaiah 9 and 8 where this word lighted is mentioned. It's right after 
the revelation of the magnificent name of the baby that was going to be born that was going to bring about salvation and redemption. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I mean, that's some good stuff. And then uh, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And the government's going to be on his shoulder. And then we can all, and then it says in verse 8, the Lord sent a word into Jacob and it lighted on Israel. You see, God's word's always going to find its target. And even though you speak to Jacob, God's really not talking to Jacob. He's, he's looking for his Israel in the house. The, the, the person that the word is meant for and the potential, the destiny that God's wanting to form and create. And so we've got to determine, are we going to be just Jacob or are we going to be Israel? Because when the word is preached, I don't want it going over my head and lighting on somebody else. I'm calling for the word to light on my heart and on Israel. Mm. God's going to find a target in this place. Jacob may be unmoved by the word, but when Israel hears it, they respond with magnificent obedience and tremendous Blessing. Something really does need to light on us, doesn't it? I mean, we, we need something to hit us and to speak to the inner man and to call for our potential, to call for our destiny, to call for this restoration that God is wanting to give. I, I thank God for the work and the salvation of Messiah. I thank God for those anointings that come that moves barriers out of the way. I appreciate and value those anointings because they're important and they do speak a word that Israel needs to hear in this house. Now, I want to ask you, are you Israel tonight? Are you Israel tonight? Or are you just Jacob? Messed up, manipulating, trying to make it through life. Or are you Israel, a prince that has power with God and with man? The man that says, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. Who are you tonight? Church, I want to be Israel. I want to be Israel. Let the word light on me and let me hear it with that inner ear so i want you to put your bibles down and your samsungs the abominations the iphone and i want you to connect with somebody around you and and we're going to we're going to call for the word now you got to call for it because God's going to speak it, but you've got to call for it. You've got to open your heart to it 
And you got to allow that word to find its mark in your spirit because God wants to speak into your life and he wants you to hear it and he wants it to light upon you. I want you to pray right now. God, I want to be Israel. I want my heart to hear your word. I thank God for the word that is sent into Jacob, but I need to hear I need to hear from you, Lord. I need to hear about my future, about my destiny, about my purpose. I want to see a restoration of apostolic power where the miracle signs and wonders don't happen because we stress over it. It happens because the church showed up. The church showed up. Jesus is in this place right now. We're chains snapped, where alcoholism is broken and drug addiction and perversion is removed from people's mind and thinking and heart. I want to meet up with my Jonadab, connect with him, and take out the prophets of Baal in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Jehu was anointed to accomplish a specific mission to defeat Jezebel. That was his initial mission, and that's what he was anointed to do to fulfill a prophetic word that had been spoken several years before Jehu came to power. And he was zealous for God. And as a matter of fact, everybody knew him by the way he drove his chariot. He drove furiously. Do you know anybody like that? Does anybody, there's one little girl out there that knows. Somebody, yeah, my wife does too. Just don't, we won't go there. We won't go there. Driving furiously. How many of you like to get where you're going? And you don't want anybody in your way. Okay, well, you get the message. Jehu was kind of like that. And I doubt very seriously there was a lot of traffic on the road. But he, he, was, he was in a hurry to get to his target. But then after he took out Jezebel, he was on his way to take care of the prophets of Baal, to wipe them out of Israel. The Bible says he lighted on Jonadab Jonadab, his name means Jehovah is willing. And he was that steadfast, faithful man. When you study his name and who he represented in scripture, he was the man that had conviction. He was a man that stood on the commandments of his fathers and would not bend when everyone else looked like they were bending. He did not. He remained faithful. And I thank God for the zeal of the Lord. I thank God for the anointing. But anointing and zeal also has to have conviction with it. Or it's not directed. It becomes destructive. And it doesn't have enough constructive power to produce in us what needs to be produced. I thank God for his anointing. But I thank God for people of conviction. But you see, conviction alone 
you have to understand what it means and what it is because we need to be a church of strong convictions. That means that what we do, we don't do it because the church teaches it. We do it because we believe it. Does anybody believe in what you're living right now has salt and light to affect the world around you? Now, I know that as far as our holiness standard is concerned, our precious ladies bear the greatest burden of that. And I I believe that, and I thank God for our ladies. But I want to ask the ladies here, does anybody, are you thankful about the convictions that you are living? And are you thankful for what God has called you to do and be? Is anybody thankful that there is still a standard of holiness that is preached, anticipated, and expected of God's people? Well, I've got a zeal, but does it have any conviction behind it? I don't, I don't worship God because it's expected. I worship God because I've got a conviction. It's a scriptural truth. I don't clap my hands because somebody said to do it. I clap my hands because there's power in it according to the word of God. And the anointing joins forces with conviction. I'm, I believe that there is a work of restoration going on right now in the church. And I know some churches are rejecting that restoration because they're wanting to become more culturally relevant and acceptable by the crowd around them. But I've come to tell you that the first Pentecostal church, I'm not interested in being relevant to the culture around me. I'm interested in a restoration of apostolic power. And something needs to light upon us in this place right now that will call for that restoration. We need a word from the Lord that'll speak to the Israel in people's heart uh, instead of just coming in here and moaning because we got to do these things uh, and we can't go here and we can't go there and we can't do that uh, and we need to quit worrying about what we can't do and start rejoicing in what we can do and start doing what God's called us to do. God didn't call us to suck on a pacifier for the rest of our life. God called us to stand up and be strong men and women for the king. Not everybody's going to value our ministry. Not everybody's going to think we're good preachers. uh, But I'm going to preach it anyhow. I may not be your favorite, but I'm still going to preach it anyway. Why? Because. The word has lighted on Israel. Now this word lighted in each of the passages of scripture that I read, it has two different meanings. The word lighted in Isaiah refers to your inheritance, that which has been divided by lot, that which has been given to you or you have accepted in your life as a part of who you are. It's your identity. And how many of you are thankful that the word gives us our identity, not the culture? 
It's not Oprah that gives us our identity. We don't check with the educational system to find out who we are. We don't need the popular opinion or a popular vote to discover or determine who we are. We know who we are because of what the Bible says, because the word lighted on us and it has given us our identity. I've got an inheritance in Jesus Christ and I've accepted that as my identity. And there's going to be things that my flesh doesn't like it sometimes. Come on, let's get real. Flesh doesn't like this. As a matter of fact, when Elijah was rejected by Jezebel, it frustrated him so much that he wanted to get as far away. He wanted to die. He was so messed up, he went under a juniper tree and said, kill me, I am no better than my father's. Man, it was messed up. He was depressed, he was frustrated because as much power as his ministry demonstrated, it still could not change that one person and that one person frustrated him. But you see, God spoke into Elijah's life and said, Elijah, you got a lot of work left to do and you got some people to anoint to take your place and you need to go about anointing everyone that I send you to in order to take your place and to continue the work because the work's going to go on beyond you. And uh, I promise you, the work's going to go on beyond all of us. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm glad for that. So I want to get some people anointed in this house so that you will realize that God wants to incorporate you into his kingdom purpose. He doesn't just want you sitting there and then judging whether or not this service was a 10 or whether it was a 5 or whether it was a 6. There's no value in that. This is not American Idol. We don't hit the buzzer because you don't like what's being said. Amen. We don't end this and say, oh, no, we got to stop this. And then they turn the seat around and then they say, hey, uh, we didn't like what you had to say. Well, I'm, we're going to say it anyhow. Can I get a witness from the congregation that the church is going to stand on the truth and the church is going to have conviction? It's not just what's being preached, it's what I believe. I just ask you, church, do you believe in holiness? Do you believe this? Are you in this with all your soul, mind, and strength? I think we ought to restore it. I think we ought to be restored in the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to believe it from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. We ought to believe this. You ought to love it. You ought to want it. Every one of you have got a tremendous inheritance and that inheritance has come forth. And if you want to, you can take a hold of it and God will. Now the second word, the word lighted in 2 Kings means to come forth, to appear, to attain. And it also means to take hold or to be hit. And, and sometimes you need God to hit you, to awaken you. As a matter of fact, when you join the meanings together, you get an understanding of what it takes to obtain and attain your inheritance. It will come forth, but you got to take hold of it. It will come forth, but something's got to hit you. As a matter of fact, Simon Peter was asleep in the prison when the angel showed up to deliver him. <laughs> and the Bible says he hit him to wake him up, 
because he would have never been able to realize his freedom if he hadn't woke up. And the angel was knocking chains off, opening up prison doors, automatically opening the door to the city, and then turns around and tells him, put your shoes on. Now that's amazing to me. Because why in the world would the angel, couldn't the angel be an angelic valet service to put Simon Peter's shoes on? But no, I'll do what you can't do, but you're going to do what you can do. Now, I can't heal anybody, but I can lay hands on them. I can't change anybody's circumstance, but I can pray and I can worship. And there might be Jezebels in the house that wouldn't accept it if I raised a whole graveyard from the dead. But that's all right, too. I've been hit and I've been affected by a word from the Lord that says it's time for an anointing to take hold of us that has the power to shake this city. Quit playing favorites. That's killing our power. Somebody needs to rise up and say, let God move tonight. Let God move in this service. Even if it's not your favorite way of doing it, you ought to say, God, if you're in this place, I need to hear a word from the Lord and I need a word to hit Israel. And these spirits can hold our restoration captive. Israel was bound in iniquity because of the leadership of the spirit of Jezebel. Jehoram and Amaziah were both caught in the web of her deceit. They were unable to break free. They couldn't make a decision without her consent. And so God raised up Jehu, a Holy Ghost anointed leadership that had the ability to come against that spirit of Jezebel. Liberty was impossible because of Jezebel's prevailing power over the seats of leadership. These three authorities, Jezebel, Jehoram, and Amaziah, joined forces and created a spiritual flanks of wickedness that only Jehu's anointing could break. And so I just believe that God wants that anointing to light upon us. And I know flesh fights it, and I know culture fights it, and I know people around us fight it. But I still believe in this anointing that it can work mightily and magnificently. And, and, and just the way Jehu received his anointing was tremendous. I mean, it was incredible the way Jehu received his anointing. He was brought into an upper room away from his friends by the servant of Elisha. He was pulled away from the crowd. And that might be what you need to do is pull away from the crowd for just a moment. Pull away from all the influences of everybody telling you this and that and the other and they always got an opinion and you need to get alone with God and God needs to anoint you. If your worship, instead of just simply responding to what everybody else is doing, why don't you just start it up one time when you walk into church when nobody else is praising and just see whether or not there's something on the inside that's burning a, a little bit more than just what's tickling your ear at the moment. I'm not coming to church to please anybody. I'm coming to church to rock heaven with my worship and my praise and to see Jesus manifest in this house. May I say this? Quit feeling sorry for yourself because you're Pentecostal. 
Come on, church. We got bigger backbones than that. We need to thank God we're apostolic. We need to thank God we're one God and holiness people and whatever else you want to put to it. I'm a child of the king. I've heard a word from God. And I don't want just the word to light on Jacob. I want the word to light on Israel. Amen. You got to get in that upper chamber. Now, whenever you receive this kind of an anointing, one that Elisha brought, there are some people that says, according to certain rabbis, that this was a pretty hefty anointing. This was no dab on the forehead. Now, don't get worried. We don't have any gallon jugs in here. But they poured that anointing oil on him. And when he walked out with that anointing oil, about a gallon and a half dripping down into his T-shirt. And they said, well, what happened to you? And he said, nothing (laughs) You got to be kidding me. You look like you've been drenched in oil. They knew something had taken place. And so he had to tell them, this dude, this crazy wild man ran in here and has anointed me king over Israel and told me my mission is to bump off Jezebel. Praise God. Hallelujah. Whoa, my Brother, I'm telling you, they said, well, let's do it. They were ready to go. They were tired of that oppression. They are tired of that rejection. They are tired of false doctrine being in control. Hmm. They are tired of these wicked people always winning the victory. It's time for the church. I'm preaching to Israel tonight. If you're Jacob, just tune it out. It won't matter to you anyway. If you're Jezebel, it won't matter to you anyway. But I want to know, are there any Israelites in the house? That says the word might have been sent into Jacob, but it lighted on Israel. Come on, God, hit me. I need to wake up to my deliverance. I need to wake up to the fact my chains are. I'm not messed up. I'm not upset that you've chosen me to be a part of the kingdom of God. So I just want you to know, I recognize the culture is pressing on you. I realize that you've got to go to work into that, that culture every day of your life. And that culture is not easy. And I know there's family members that don't understand why you're Pentecostal. How many of you, when you came into church, your family thought you'd lost your mind? Look at that. How many of you did lose your mind? (laughs) You went crazy. How many of you said, let's just go here. How many of you said, I'll never act like those Pentecostals act? How many of you said when you came in here, you will never? And how many of you have just gotten around and just jumped up and down and shouted hallelujah and danced before the Lord and act a fool and you said you would never do it. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly the kind of power and zeal that God wants us to get. But it needs to have one heart and one purpose. You gotta gotta break the back of that false 
religion and that false concepts that comes from our culture. I just believe that Jonadab, who was the son of Rechab, now, Rechab told his children to never drink wine, to always live in tents as nomads. Jeremiah, in his attempt to persuade them to turn their back on their father's edict, he was not able to turn them away from that. As a matter of fact, so impressed was God about their conviction and their, they did not, the prophet could not convince them to go against their father's edict. So impressed was God that he gave them a promise that a member of their family would be alive for the rest of time, that there would never be a time when there would not be a child of the Rechabites that would be alive. And a, and a newspaper article a few years ago came out about a nomad group that was discovered in the deserts surrounding Israel. And they asked these people, who are you? Because they had no record of them. They were, they were not on any census. They said, we are the children of Rechab. And we are the Rechabites. They're still alive in today's society. And nobody's been able to take them out because Jonadab had more than just a zeal for the Lord. He had a conviction that even a prophet couldn't talk him out of his dedication. Church, I know there are voices that are trying to talk you out of your zeal, your anointing, your dedication, your worship, your praise, and they are, they are relentless. They are coming from within the church. They are without the church. They're in your family. They're everywhere around, and they just act like, mm, oh, my goodness, you're a Pentecostal. Um, and, and then they roll their eyes at you. And then you get frustrated because you're living for God. You're doing the best. Let their eyes roll all up in their head. Let their little, oh, he's talking about shouting again. I just can't believe he's doing that. I'll tell you what, I'll do it for you. I'll shout. I won't just talk about it. I'll do it. Why? Because I've heard a word. A word came into Jacob. And Israel came alive. I found out who I am in Jesus Christ. And nothing can take it away. I said nothing can take it away. Culture can't take it away. Jesse can't take it away. She ain't in charge of nothing. I said she's not in charge of nothing. Say, well, what if people go to sleep on you when you preach? Too late for that. I pastor in Pensacola. But I'd rather you be sleeping in church. This is the way I feel about it. Sleep on, baby. That's what Jesus told his disciples. Sleep on now and take your rest. I hope you feel better after it's all over. But I'm going to praise the Lord. At least you had enough sense to come to church. And who knows? Who knows? An angel might show up and hit you and wake you up. Here's what it is, church. We need to wake up to a deliverance that our God is providing for us right now. There's a restoration happening now. 
and you need to wake up to it. We need to see a restoration of the fervency of our faith. We need to see a restoration of our commitment to truth. We need to see a restoration to our appointment with destiny. Somewhere marked on God's calendar is a place where the anointing is going to light upon you. You're not even expecting it. You just thought you showed up here on a Sunday night. You just thought you were coming to church on a Sunday night and you were just going to hear another sermon and then you were going to go to Pizza Hut or wherever you're gonna go to eat. Some of you look like you're ready to go home right now and say, no, I'm going to the house, brother, I'm tired. Well, I understand that too. But the anointing of God begins to speak into your life and that word, and you take hold of it and you allow it to pull you. As a matter of fact, it was the spirit of Jehonadab. He said, now, I know you're saying that I'm supposed to see the zeal of the Lord, but I've been down and I've seen a lot of different I've seen a lot of different kings come and go, and I need to make sure that what you're going to do, you're going to follow through on. And he said, I, I, my heart's right with your heart, but I want to know, are you going to do what you're supposed to do? And if so, give me your hand. The king gave him his hand, pulled him up into the chariot, and said, ride with me. And that is what is about to happen to somebody in this house because you've been riding shotgun and you've been riding on the back and you've been trying to follow the chariot and God's about to take his hand and reach down to where you're at because your heart's right with God, your conviction is right with God and he's gonna bring you into the chariot and you're gonna find out there is a closer walk with God. Listen to me. Some of you think you're walking with God, and you are, and I'm not, I'm not saying you're not. But there is a closer walk with God than anything you have ever thought is possible. But I've heard a word, and it is lighted on Israel. And somebody's about to get up in the chariot and find out God means business in this hour. He's not playing He's not playing, and we're going to witness what our God's going to do for us. Can we receive the word that has entered into Jacob? Jacob is the flesh that hears the word, but it seizes the Israel in us. Jacob just hears it, but Israel takes hold of it. It starts with the heart, and then it reaches out to the hand. And here's, here's what you need to understand. And this is where I'm, I'm concerned, okay? Because I want to choose the source of my blessings. I don't want them coming from Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't want the fountain or the source of my blessings or the origin of my power to come from just the energy produced in a church service by human effort. Mm, somebody needs to just stand up and say, you know, that's pretty good stuff right there. 
You can get your anointing and your energy from a false prophet. A, pro a false prophet preaching false things can show you a, through a few magic tricks and trick you into thinking that there's power in it. I'll tell you where I want to get my power from. I want to become a climbing and a chariot partner with the master. You can choose your anointing and let it come from your false prophet or whatever you want. But I choose the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed the hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. And arriving at the quiet place, sat down and taught his climbing companions. And then he began to teach them the Sermon on the Mount. I want to become, I want my blessing. Now, church, please understand when I say this, and I know some people don't understand it. I love our music. We have the best music and the best singing on the planet in this church. Sorry, I hate to disappoint you. That's not the source of my blessing. We have the best ministry team on this planet right here. And they can evermore preach. They're the best of the best, but that's not my source of blessing. My source of blessing comes from my connection with Jesus and those chariot rides I've been taking with him because I just happened to be in the path and Jesus shows up and he lights on me. Woo! <laughs> you, you know how it is. I, I, I get that feeling and I know you're rolling your eyes. Oh God, he's shouting again. He's, he's excited again. Won't he ever calm down? He's 62, and he's been doing this since he was 11 years old. I'm trying to roll my eyes, and all I can do is roll my head. Praise God. <laughs> no coordination, no coordination. Mm -hmm. You can tell I don't roll my eyes much, at least when my wife is not looking. <laughs> oh, well, I have to tell the truth. I am in the pulpit, you know what I'm saying? That's like being under oath. On the witness stand. Oh, he's shouting again. But I like, I like the story. This is what I'm going to conclude with. I like the story of two guides on Mount Everest. They were professional men. And they always took a group together. They depended on each other to get that group up the mountain. One of those guides was killed during a particular outing, and when the other young man was asked about his friend and the other guide who had worked with him closely in various climbs, he said, well, how do you feel about that? He said, well, my friend was killed doing what he loved, taking others to a higher level. And when I die, that's what I want to be said, is that I died taking others to a higher level.
there's a word in Jacob. Now I want everybody that can stand, if you're physically able to, and you, if you can't, we understand that. We love you, and you're, you're fine, so don't worry about it. You can do what I'm going to ask you to do right where you're at, sitting or standing. But if you could stand, please stand. I want people to know that we love you. Like I preach that we need to be at church every time the doors are open and the only people that'll call me crying and screaming are the old people <laughs> that have been here and they got great convictions. They were taught by Brother D.L. and Brother Paul Welch. <laughs> you go to church. That was what they taught. You go to church. You come to church. And of course, they're not physically able to come to every service now. And so I have to put a disclaimer on it. Okay, all you old people, I love you. You're going to make heaven, all right? If you don't backslide, you're going to make heaven. And if you can't come to church every service, I understand. That's not for you young people. That's for them ancient of days that we can't even find their birth certificate. <laughs> you don't even know how old you are because you have forgotten. People got to tell you how old you are, but you are loved and you are valued in this church more highly than you realize. But here, Israel, do I have, are there any Israelites in the house? Is, is Israel in the house? You need to get this word. Now I want you to join together all over this house. Come on, uh, intercessors. Y'all can come and get ready because I'm going to give the altar call in just a minute. But I want you to join together right now. Come on, all over this building. Go find you somebody around you to pray with. Turn around, move out in the aisle, go across the sea, whatever you got to do. I want you to connect with them right now. Now here's what I want you to pray. God, I want to be an Israel that hears the word. I don't want just Jacob to hear this one. I want Israel to get it. That word is calling for the Israels in this house that are wanting to get conviction. Not just a zeal, not just an anointing. They want to choose the source of their blessing. That's it, church. I feel Israel in the house. Restoration. Come on, church. 
Don't stop, don't stop. There's something in this house that's rising up. We can't produce Israel and restoration with all this frustration in our heart. God's got to deliver us from the frustration so we can be free to worship and to bless his name. Now, if you want restoration, you want something to light upon you, speak to this inner man. I want you to step out from where you're standing. I want you to walk to the front. Now, young people, if you want to come right now, you can come anytime you want to. I know we've talked with you about doing different things, but you are welcome to come right now because this is a different kind of altar call. So I want you to come if you want to and you want something to light upon you. This isn't just for the young people. I'm just speaking to them because of some orders that and some structure that we've given to our altar services. And they've been very gracious to obey that and they've been very good about it. But you've heard a word. It's lighted upon Israel. Conviction. Anointing. Has met with conviction. Now you're doing what you're doing because you want to do it. Because you know that God has called you to do this. That God's called you to be who you are. A restorer of paths to dwell in, a repair of the breach. That's what God's called you to do. A reconciler of broken factions that don't communicate because they're angry and bitter at one another. Restoring that communication and that love for one another. <laughs> come on, come on. As a matter of fact, why does it just everybody that can, if you can, everybody in the house, just come on to the front. Everybody's here. So we, if you can't make it up here, you're all right. We understand that. We love you. We want you to come back. But something has lighted on Israel. He sent the word to Jacob. Jehu picked it up, connected with Jonadab, and together they expelled Baal. Come on, I want to hear a cry go up. Intercessors, I want you to pray for everything in the house. Brother Shirty, if you'd come up, you could just start where you are. Just start laying hands on everything that... We need apostolic restoration. Brother Shirley and I have been talking about it. We got to have restoration in the house. That's it, restoration. We got to be restored. Hallelujah. I, I can't get out there and do it with everybody, but I can get you to do it. I want the word to light on Israel. I want to believe in what I'm doing. 
We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.